everybody and welcome to episode 327 of the Ask the Coach show where Pink Seals answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Thank you Jeffrey and uh, welcome to all the listeners. Absolutely yeah we're back for another podcast and we have some good questions lined up I, I do believe. Oh they're always good Jeff. Absolutely. Thanks to our ping skillers for uh, continuously asking good table tennis questions. Yeah, unlike your joke of the show. What do you mean? Like, the the questions are good. (laughs) So are my jokes. You know, Alois, I'm going for a walk. Oh, excuse me, got something in my throat. That's not a joke. That's actually, I actually had something in my throat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was probably as funny as most of your jokes, but go on. <laughs> I went for a walk the other day with my wife, and there there is a um, a graveyard um, that's not far from here, and we were walking past it, and my wife, she said, you know, that graveyard is really popular. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, people are literally dying to get in there. You're literally like, dying. I, I, I know your wife, and... <laughs> She's much funnier than that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Oh, great joke. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, Jeff. Uh, now, Alois, speaking yes, of Jeff. good questions, yep. we did have one recently, a really good question, yep. um, from Jasper, who said, Hey, Alois, what happened to the drill of the week, tip of the week, and on this day sections of the podcast? That's a very good question, Jasper, and uh, I think we should bring them back. and And I think we we actually sort of combine the drill of the week and tip of the week um, uh, a little bit uh, later on in our development. So we might just do that. Hey, we'll we'll give you the tip of the week, which will involve uh, a bit of the drill of the week. Oh, good! Like a combination. Yeah, indeed. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. All right. Well, on that note, Alice, why don't we why don't we kick off with one of those sections, like your I favorite thought, on this day? I thought we'd already kicked off with your joke, but yeah, you're probably right. We'll kick off with the uh, with the entertaining part of the show. Um, so so on this day, well, it's actually on yesterday was Omar Assar's birthday. So Omar is uh, an Egyptian table tennis player, 28 years old now. Um, but he uh, he is oh actually he's twenty nine, but um yeah, twenty nine uh, now he's won the All African Games in singles he's won um, the African Championships in singles in twenty fifteen um, African Senior Cup gold medalist a Mediterranean Games gold medalist so um, very very uh, good table tennis player probably. Um, up there as one of the best ever African uh, table tennis players. So a big happy birthday to Omar Assar. Happy birthday, Omar. And yeah, what a what a career. Some impressive um, some impressive stats there, Al. Yeah, and it, it's um, it is interesting, isn't it, with with uh, you know uh, players from different continents. You know, the um, the Africans uh, are starting to really. Uh, uh, show a bit of force, you know, with Quadria Runa as well. 
So, you know, Omar and Quadri have had some uh, titanic battles over the years. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, um, what what a section. So, indeed. Yeah, there you go. So, um, as per Jasper's request, let's let's go on with the tip of the week, combining wow. with the drill of the week. Yeah, excellent. So, uh, so the tip of the week this week is actually it's a bit broader. It's what we want you to do is we want you to think about your games to then work out what drill that you are going to do this week. So often we uh, we turn up at uh, at a practice session or a training session and we'll just go through and do a drill just for the sake of doing a drill because, you know, we, we like doing the Falkenberg, you know, backhand, forehand, forehand, or we do some footwork drills. What but, a great drill, the Falkenberg. It is, it is. <laughs> but But how relevant is it to your game? And that's the really important part. So... What I want you to do this week is to actually go back and either watch if you've got a video of it or think about a match that you've played recently and then I want you to write down two or three things that you think that you would like to practice uh, coming out of that um, that match. So during the match, you know, you might have found that, uh, that the, the player up the other end was serving fast at my backhand and I really didn't cope uh, all that well you know they might have won five or six points and some really crucial points against you because they just served it long and fast to your backhand so your drill of the week this week then is going to be to work out that um, area of deficiency in your game and work on that Okay, interesting. And I think that's a good skill just to develop, isn't it? Because then you're analysing your strengths and weaknesses and then being a bit more deliberate about your practice. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of players do just go through the motions when they jump on and practice. And, uh, you know, there's lots and lots of fun things that you can practice. But um, if you're really looking and thinking about, okay, how am I going to improve my gameplay, then it's important to actually look at your games or, or think about your games. Yeah. So, I mean, and just on that, I guess a few more examples, Alice, might be, say you're playing and you find uh, you're getting stuck in the middle a lot and you're getting caught out, not playing a backhand and forehand. Maybe you could do some some drills where they play one to your forehand and one to your middle or, or a random sort of um, yep. number there. Or maybe if you find that after you top spin a backspin ball the next ball you miss you could maybe incorporate that into a drill where you serve a backspin ball do one top spin and then try that next ball the fifth ball um against the block yeah some things like that that the idea yeah that, that that'd be perfect and, and i think all of us have got those things in our heads somewhere of you know things that we struggle with um but then often when we get to the training hall we forget about our matches um, mm. And we, we need to remember that there's a there's a, the ultimate link is between what happens in those matches and what's happening in the training hall, and you need to be able to link those two things um, together to to get better performances on the table. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So um, there you go. Tip and drill of the week, all combined in one. There you go. So efficient. Yep. And thanks, Jasper, for uh, reminding us about uh, that 
tip of the week and the uh, and the, on this day. So we'll we'll have to just remember to bring those back into the show permanently. <laughs> it, it does sound like it. Yes, thanks, Jasper. But of course, if you don't like them, just um, make sure you let us know that too. <laughs> Can't imagine why, but uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But and 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 on that, if you do want to get rid of the joke of the week, you know, just please also tell us. I, I again, you know, couldn't imagine why, <laughs> but um, it's not even worth mentioning. Everyone loves the joke of the week. Yeah, it isn't worth mentioning that everyone loves the joke of the week. That's correct. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Before my my joke cops any more criticism. <laughs> um, Poor Jeff. Shariah. Is that how you say the name? Um, Shariah has asked us. Says, hi, Alice and Jeff. I've seen your video on the tomahawk serve, and I've been doing the stroke correctly, hitting the ball low and brushing it. But I still find that I don't generate much spin. He says, I've done the exercises to help develop spin, so have you got any other tips for me? Yeah, I think, well, the, the, the first thing is to make sure you, you're understanding the contact of the bat on the ball. So the stroke is important or, the, you know, the, the, the swing on, um, uh, on, of the serve. But the really, really important part is the contact. If you're not getting the contact uh, with a nice, fine brushing contact where you're actually getting that ball to rotate, then... The, you know, the action really doesn't matter at all. So I'd hone in completely on the contact, make sure that you're getting the ball to rotate. And the best way to do that, as we always say, is start away from the table. Start on the floor so that you haven't got the um, the restriction of the table or you're not worrying about where the ball's going. And I want you to really just focus on, can I get um, that ball to curve um, on the floor? Um, or if you want some more backspin, you know, so curve out and come back towards you a little bit more. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the really crucial part. Once you once you get the feel of that, then bring it back to the table and then see if you can maintain that contact when you're when you're doing the tomahawk serve. Having said that, like the tomahawk serve isn't one where you're generating a whole heap of spin like you can say for the pendulum serve um, or the reverse pendulum uh, just because the swing is a little bit more limited um, so yeah so don't expect the ball to be um, jagging back and coming straight back towards you when you serve the backspin tomahawk serve it's more about the subtle differences with the tomahawk between the subtle backside spin the side spin and the back and the top side spin so, um, yeah, keep working on it. I, I, I like that you're um, thinking about your serve. I like the fact that you, you're working at trying to generate some more spin. Um, yeah, keep keep working at it. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And the other, yeah the, I like the, other, the backside spin, Al. That's a good back, one. Yeah, I did think of that when I said it. The <laughs> backspin, sidespin serve. <laughs> uh, yes um, um and, the and other thing that i i notice when people are doing um i guess it's all serves but even even the tomahawk serve is often they think they're swinging the bat quite fast and got quite a lot of momentum but because they're on the table and they're like you said move away from the table to avoid this restriction but often when they're at the table they just don't move the bat very fast and so it, the bat's not got enough speed 
to get much spin, even if you do get that fine contact. Yeah, that's true. So, so I mean, the the spin is a is a factor of the the fine contact, but also the speed of the contact. So, if you if you think about um, a big spinning wheel, if you brushed that slowly down, then it's going to spin slowly. But if you really rip down on it then the, the spinning wheel is going to spin much faster. So it's the same principle. You have to have the bat moving really fast, like Jeff said. Um, and when you're close to the table, often you restrict yourself because you're, you're more worried about getting the ball on the table, uh, whereas um, if you're away from the table, then you can focus more on, on really trying to generate the spin on the ball. Yeah, yeah. It is a tricky area, isn't it? And it's actually quite a difficult skill to swing the bat really fast and brush it really finely. I, I think often you might try and brush it really finely and you might just miss the ball totally if you're trying to get it really fine. Yeah, and I think um, that you need to allow yourself some time to really just rip through. Don't worry where the ball's going. Really just focus on the spin on the ball and then see how you progress from there. Yeah, all right, yeah, and and it is going to be a bit um when you're first learning, isn't it? You're gonna sometimes you're just gonna swing really fast and you're not gonna brush it finely and you'll just hit it a long way because all the yep. all the speed's gonna go into creating that forward momentum because you've kind of hit it flat, and then yeah. sometimes you'll miss it and then eventually you'll kind of get a couple that just where you just brush it and you get lots of spin. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I think initially it's probably best if you do it with someone without someone at the other end of the table. Because if there's someone at the other end of the table, then you sort of feel obligated to serve the ball on the table. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, you just want to maybe get, you know, 10 or 20 balls, um, just uh, just really have a good swing at it and see how much spin you can generate. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, great question. Thank you, Shariah. All right. Now, in a in a related question, Alois, it says, how can I – oh, G asks us, how can I train myself without a trainer to spin the ball? Yeah, um, yeah, really good question, Jay. And this is this is one that we really focus on a lot. And um, we've got a in our training one hundred and one um, tutorials, we've got a section on learning to spin. Um, I, I really um, encourage almost everyone to to just go and watch that um, tutorial. Um, because I, I, I even see a lot of reasonably advanced players um, when they're trying to spin the ball, not really understanding and getting the feel of that contact on the ball and, um, you know, and how to do it. So I think um, have a look at that learning to spin video. Think about the contact. Think about the angle of your bat. Uh, think about the speed, as we talked about in the previous question. Um and and just spend a lot of time just experimenting and really getting the feel of that contact um, of the bat on the ball um, and really getting the idea of how you're going to generate spin. And you know, once you've got the principle of learning to spin the ball, then you can adapt it to whatever you want, you know, whether it's the tomahawk serve, as we talked about in the previous question, or it can be the pendulum or the whatever whatever serve and also then whatever stroke you want to play um it's important to to understand the feel of that contact because until you understand that feel then um 
yeah, it's really difficult to progress your your ability to spin the ball. Yeah, and it really does apply to all the strokes, doesn't it? Because even if you're just pushing the ball and trying to get some more backspin on it, you can adjust that a little bit. And when you're top spinning, you know how much top spin you get on there, and and yeah. then it all comes down to the trajectory of your strokes. And oh, it's a complicated yeah. game, table tennis, isn't uh, it? That's why it's so good, Jeff. That's why I love it. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Okay, so next question is from Dan. He says, I want to get a table tennis table, but I want to know which one under, you know, 350 English pounds is good. So do you have any recommendations? And he says he'd like one that is one table and not two halves. Yeah, Dan, um, I think the the really key, or there's a couple of key factors when you're choosing a table tennis table. The first and probably the most important one is the thickness of the top. Now, don't be um, fooled by looking at a table and seeing the sides on it and um, and saying, oh, well, that's a really good uh, thick top. You need to actually measure the thickness of the piece of wood um, on the top of the table. So that's going to be anywhere from, you know, a, from 12, which is a 12 mil, millimetres, which is really quite thin, you know, up to 30, 30 mil, millimetres and more. The thicker the top, you know, in general, the more consistent the bounce is going to be because because you with with a thicker piece of wood, um, it's uh, easier to get um, a more consistent um, uh, thickness and and bounce right across the right across the surface. So that's that's the first thing to look at the thickness of the top. I think anything more than a 19 or 20 mil top is starting to get uh, pretty good. I think, you know, 25 mil is a really good high quality table. So mm. that's yeah, that's the first thing to think about. And it does make a difference, doesn't it? I remember the first time I went to a table tennis club, the ball just seemed to bounce like really high. Like it was because they had really good tables and I'd been just used to playing at home on just, you know, those thinner tables. Yes, yeah, that, and that's right. It does it does make a difference, and and I mean that's you know with with your budget you need to think about um, the thickest top that you can afford basically. So that's yeah, that's that's the way to approach it. You know, at this stage you may only you may be able to afford a sixteen mil top. That's fine, but um, if you've got a choice between a sixteen mil top and a twenty five mil top for your for your budget go for the 25 mil. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And he was saying he'd like one table that is not two halves. I think yeah, tables... that's... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that that's that's pretty difficult to come back come by now. Um, most if not all tables come in two halves. Some of them um, sit on a carriage, so the two halves sit on one carriage. Um, so you can move it around together. So maybe that's what you're thinking about, Dan. Um, but and but um, yeah, that's uh, that's a particular type of uh, table that you can look for. That's basically the two halves attached to each other by the wheelbase, um, yeah, wheelbases. So yeah, yeah. Have a look for that. Um, but I think uh, the other important thing of when you are choosing your table is how portable it is and how um, how uh, small or big it is 
when it's stored away. So, you know, some of you might uh, need to uh, collapse the table after each time you play and put it uh, put it away. Um, so that's a factor. Have a look at how the table folds up and how small um, it folds up to um, when it's uh, when it's uh, able to be put away. Um, and then the other thing is the portability. So always look at the size of the wheels and the quality of the wheels um, on the table. Um, and that for me is is really important because you do see quite a few of the tables with really um, small, um, pretty poorly manufactured wheels that basically, you know, the first time you try to wheel the table anywhere, and especially at home, you know, you might have to wheel it on some concrete over a couple of bumps and things. And if the, if the wheels break or, uh, you know, bend or whatever, then then it becomes really hard. And then, then you find that um, you're having to carry this heavy piece of wood all over the place. So, yeah, so portability for me is a pretty important one. And probably for a lot of you, um, because you are um, folding up your tables and putting them away. Um, yeah. There you go. A lot to consider, isn't there? Yeah, there, there is. Um, we do have a video on uh, in our uh, choosing equipment section on choosing a table tennis table. So um, yeah, we, we go through all of those points there and we show you um, uh, a table and, uh, you know, the portability of it as well. So. Very good. Great question, Dan, and good luck with your search for a table. Indeed. Yeah. Now, Alois. Yes, Jeff. I have a few OMG facts here. Ah, yes. Now, this is the good part. (laughs) Did you know that humans can grow horns called cutaneous horns? They grow when the skin surface thickens, typically in response to disease. Really? Horns? It's an OMG fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. Well, if it says it on your OMG facts, I'll believe it, Jeff. (laughs) A snood, S-N-O-O-D, a snood is a type of hairnet used to protect and shape moustaches. A type of what? Hairnet used to protect and shape, yeah, moustaches. Wow. Yeah. And just a couple more. Yep. The world's largest pyramid is not in Egypt. It's what? in Cholula de Rivadavia near Mexico City. Really? <laughs> yep. And this is going to be this is an OMG fact if ever there was one. Yeah. Magnets can affect your moral compass. Strong magnetic fields can make people judge a morally dubious situation as acceptable. No. Fact. OMG fact. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll be doing some research on that one. Uh, yeah, well, it's in my calendar as an OMG fact. Um, <laughs> well, there and, it is. Well, it is. Just, I, I have to finish on one more because it says here, tipping is actively discouraged in New Zealand, Singapore, Thailand and Japan. Which is interesting. I wonder how, because we have a lot of American um, uh, ping skillers. Yep, and, we do. You know, tipping is just part of the culture there. It is, yeah. Not not so much here in Australia. No, not really at all. So I find it weird when I go over there because it's like, who do you tip? How much do you tip? And if you haven't grown up there, I just find it a bit stressful. 
<laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah. Am I meant to tip them as well? And how much? And can you tip too much? Is that bad? Are you too little? Oh, oh it's all stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it's interesting the different cultures and how uh, how these things develop. But yeah, um, yeah, I, f- I find it difficult as well. But I th- I'm sure that uh, if you've grown up with it, then yeah, comes all pretty simple. Yeah, exactly. But but not having grown up with it, ah, stressful. Give us your give us your best tips on um, on tipping, folks. Yeah, I'd ever, like to hear. Yeah, in that case we ever allowed out of Australia again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. We're we're probably not even going to be allowed out of Victoria. No, our state our state's uh, in uh, in lockdown or Melbourne is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. We're not allowed to travel. No. Anyway. We'll be okay. Yes. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening, and of course, thank you Alois for all your wisdom. And thanks, Jeff. Good Excellent. work. Excellent. Those OMG facts are just, they're just the best. (laughs) Indeed. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, and we will see you again shortly. Bye. Bye.